Welcome back to the premier Legend of Zelda Travelogue podcast. We are your tour guides. My name is Pete. And my name is Chris. Hey, Pete. What's up? Is it getting hot in here or are we ascending a literal volcano today? Yeah, no. Today we are going to be heading towards Death Mountain. I'm not too clear on how much Death Mountain, but I, you know, I think it should be fun. A fair amount of Death Mountain. And once again, we are joined by some very special guests. Yes. We have Aaron and Ariel here from the Legend of Zelda lore cast, as well as the Resident Evil lore cast and Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey. Say hi. I did. <laughs> How's everything going? It's good to finally have you guys on here. I just want to say, no one told me we were going to travel a hot, steamy mountain. I did not pack appropriately for this. I did that on purpose. Sure. <laughs> Kept it from you. got a you. bottle of water. You're probably good. I'll be okay. Question mark? Like a, vi- a sun visor. <laughs> a little bit of, uh, just a little bit of sunscreen like on the nose right there. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be all right. So a fair chunk of our listeners are probably pretty familiar with you guys. But for those who aren't, do you guys want to talk about the Legend of Zelda Lorecast for a minute? Legend of Zelda Lorecast. Um, myself and Ariel host. It's essentially... Just a kind of overview and a slight deep dive of all things that have to do with the Legend of Zelda lore, how it connects, uh, you know, how expansive the universe is, the creatures and the entities that dwell in it. Mm -hmm. And it's created to partner oh so wonderfully well with your show. Like a nice little peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I I do think they kind of complement each other well. Like you guys tackle somewhat broader uh, topics. Like you'll go over the full story in an episode. You'll go over the characters Uh in an episode. You'll have an episode on the dragons throughout the franchise, the swords of the franchise. So it's more Mm -hmm. like, what topic are you interested? And then you have a nice long episode dedicated to that topic mm-hmm. which is which is fun and, and it's enjoyable ariel what's your history with like the the legend of zelda uh franchise i played ocarina of time that was my very first legend of zelda game perfect and i fell in love with it i can't remember how old i was though <laughs> i really can't <laughs> was it was it on the n64 like went around the time of release yeah it was on the n64 <laughs> <laughs> it was <laughs> so probably would have been late 90s early 2000s uh, yeah and, and aaron what about you like around when did you jump into the the series so mine's more of a love-hate relationship uh <laughs> i first oh boy. i've yeah i first jumped in with that lovely little golden cartridge that we got with the nintendo and immediately mm. rage quit and never wanted to play it again <laughs> how how immediately are we talking <laughs> I got the Master Sword. Well, I guess it wasn't the Master Sword at the time. It was just the Sacred Sword. Acquired that, ran around for a little bit, got killed a couple times, and quit. I never even went to my first dungeon. Wow, okay. Afterwards, though, I got this lovely little GameCube, and with it came a special edition three-game Legend of Zelda disc. Right. So I started playing Ocarina of Time. And then went, oh my gosh, what have I missed? 
and went back and immediately played all of the other games throughout the series. All the wasted years. All the wasted years. Uh, <laughs> I, I did, of course, finish the disc, which was Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, and LOZ 1 and 2. Okay. Took me years to beat 2. I'll admit it. Uh <laughs> I can't imagine beating two without some sort of online guide. Now, now I have to, Chris. Why'd you say that? Good. Have fun. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I will say I managed to beat most of the game with no online guide. Right on. But I had a cheat shark. Okay. Well. Oh, right enough. on. So it's not. It's not all. It wasn't completely fair about it. Uh, but yeah, after shortly thereafter, Twilight Princess came out. I fell in love with Twilight Princess, and it was just at that point I was obsessed with Legend of Zelda and had to go back through all of the games. Out of curiosity, what what is either of your favorite games, Zelda games? I'm gonna have to go with Ocarina. No, Majora's Mask. Word Majora's Mask. Yeah, <laughs> I thought Twilight Princess was your favorite. It is a close second. It's like they're neck and neck with each other. It depends the day, <laughs> but I like the I like the dark twist mm-hmm. that they took with both of those games. Yeah, they got similar vibes. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're both great. Yeah, what about you, Ariel? What's do you have a favorite? I do, but it's like two. So sure. Ocarina of Time because of nostalgia, because it was my first one. Right. And Breath of the Wild. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, my gosh. And and just out of curiosity, because you guys are kind of following a similar trajectory. Actually, you've far surpassed us at this point, but you guys have been following the timeline. Was there one game in particular that you were surprised at how much you loved covering for the lore cast? I would have to say <laughs> the one that surprised me the most was Ocarina of Time. Surprised you? Be- really? Because as much as everyone talks about how they love Ocarina of Time and they talk so many good things, I have never been able to go back and beat it a second time. I get to a certain point and I go, okay, nostalgia's boring. Ah, uh, okay. So, the, the Sims effect. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But covering it, I was like, oh, Okay, I kind of want to go back and play it just to see these things, but I don't want to have to do all the work to get to this point of the story. Right. But yeah, that's the one that surprised me the most that I really enjoyed because it, it does have some of the juiciest details in Hyrule history. Yeah. Yeah. I, agreed. I like I always loved Ocarina, but I wasn't as in love with it as some others. And then playing it for this season of this show, I was like, oh, weird. Ocarina of Time is one of the greatest games uh, of all time. Who could have guessed? Quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it really is something very special. Uh, Ariel, mm-hmm. were there any games in particular covering this that surprised you? Yeah. Majora's Mask. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I right um I like Majora's Mask. I liked it before, but I didn't like the three day cycle. Sure. Reasonable. So ah. I I wasn't a huge fan of that when I played it. So going over it, I was like, oh, okay, I like it. <laughs> yeah. Not the three day no, screw the three day cycle. But uh, <laughs> going more in depth of it, I was like, okay, yeah. Yeah. Soap opera. So many cool details. The, yeah, no, the time limit isn't for everybody. I can respect that at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still kind of hot and cold on that, but just like the the actual NPC stuff I think throughout the game and the cool weird stuff they did with all the level design and whatnot is 
just kind of unlike anything else. And For sure. it's not only the Legend of Zelda lore cast you guys do, but you guys also spend a lot of uh, time doing Resident Evil lore cast, which we won't go too in depth here. Uh, <laughs> but I want to because I love Resident <laughs> Evil and I've really loved listening to you guys there. Uh, and what a year. Tears of the Kingdom, Resident Evil 4 remake. You guys are having a good year this year. Mm-hmm. It's going gonna, it's gonna to peter out soon, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm d- like I'm fine no. with being done with RE4 because oh, that was my favorite. <sighs> oh yeah. Are you are you enjoying uh, revisiting it with the remake? Yes and no. Oh, interesting. I've got a yes and no on it. Okay. Well, I'm sure listeners can kind of hear more of your in-depth thoughts on that uh, coming up soon on the Resident Evil Lorecast. Oh yeah. I've got a quick recap of the last few episodes. Oh. I have a question. I have a question that I want to ask each of our guests this season. Please. And and the more I ask the question, the less context I want to give. Oh, okay? no. Pete, you can't so, do this. <laughs> you can't do this. They genuinely care about lore. And you're just going to spring this. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> it's, it's been tickling me this season. Is Goma your mom? Is Goma your mom? Is, is uh, Goma your mom? Is Goma Link's mom is what Pete means to say. <laughs> Is Goma your mom? Mm. Pete, do you want to give a little bit of context? That's a bad, crazy thing to ask. I feel like I should know what he's asking. So it's the first Goma in the franchise, Queen Goma. Okay, that's the first thing. Uh Second thing is all of the spiritual stones were given to a leader of, you know, some group in Hyrule. The leader of the Gorons, the leader of the uh, Zora, and the Kokiri Emerald is just hanging out inside of the Deku Tree. Not really clear how it got there. I was wondering, did it get brought here by Link's mom? And hey, also is Link's mom uh, the queen of Hyrule and also is the queen of Hyrule, Goma, and your mom. <laughs> you know, if Link's mom did bring Link through the barrier and, you know, the Deku tree is cursed with Ganondorf's curse, is it possible that Link's mom became cursed and ended up being what we find yes. in the Great Deku oh, tree? See, okay, now I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? Yep. Yeah. There you go. No yes. Gut reaction. Gut reaction. I respect it. I honestly always thought Goma was just like a brown recluse spider that got amped up on Ganondorf's magical darkness. Oh, and right on. Just kind of got amplified and crazy. Makes sense. But now, I don't know. Could be your mom. <laughs> I love that this season is going to be defined by um, basically people saying your mom at the start of every episode. <laughs> yeah. Now that we got through that, now that we're all in agreement, uh, let's get to our recap of, of the past few episodes. Our young hero continues his quest to obtain the three spiritual stones in order to open the door of time and protect the Triforce from the allegedly evil Ganondorf. But in the last episode, we took a little pit stop through the Lost Woods to talk about Skull Kids, Big Beefy Moblins, and most importantly, our friend Saria, uh, who taught us a song that will no doubt be valuable to us on this journey, maybe even mm-hmm. in this very location. Or maybe you actually had to come back and get it during this episode. Uh-huh. 
Uh, so yeah, this episode, we're going to talk about the Death Mountain Trail all the way up to Goron City. So we on Twitter kind of opened up the gates to let people choose what episodes they want to guest on. And you guys picked Goron City. I was just curious, do you guys have any particular history with, with this location? Do you have any fondness for this location? Yes. <laughs> I love Gorons. I absolutely love them. Gorons oh my God, same. <laughs> And like <laughs> development history wise, this is the first time we're seeing Gorons, right? We don't see Gorons in Super Nintendo games and the NES games and the Game Boy games, do we? I think that's right. I think this is the first game that has them. Like timeline wise, we saw them in Minish Capture. Mm -hmm. Sure. Someone at some point decided, hey, what if we have like some kind of dopey potato men that are like half rock and roll everywhere? Uh-huh. I love them. They're they're so sweet and special. They're great. I always thought of them as uh, the creator sat down and went, hey, you know how in the first game we had to move boulders? What if boulders could move themselves? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> what if? What if Chris never punched a boulder? He punched a Goron. Oh, no. There you go. Worlds colliding. <laughs> Now I want to see that Resident Evil 5 mod where someone puts just a Goron's face on the boulder that he's going to town on. <laughs> Wait, is that a thing? Someone punches a boulder in Resident Evil? Yeah. Boy, is it. I, I'm surprised that you haven't absorbed that one through osmosis. Even. <laughs> yeah, that's a big old meme. I guess let's start with like a general description of, of the Death Mountain Trail. Do you guys want to kind of give like just a, a brief description of the vibe of this place, the, the look and feel, scaling this up? Uh, volcano so the trail itself is kind of i always kind of got the vibe of like an old style well-traveled wagon trail off of a mountain sure. it's it's very crudely yet oddly specifically carved yes and it's tr you know it's traversal paths yeah all of the paths are in an angle and there is the constant risk of falling debris and we're not talking just gorons no right yeah, it is. It's very angular. It's very much like little corridors. Mm -hmm. I hadn't considered that because maybe is it possible that uh, like most of the Death Mountain Trail, at least the lower portions, were specifically carved out for non-Gorons to travel? I'm glad you asked. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it is a gate at Kakariko that you go through to get to this point. Yes. That's true. We actually talked about this in our history of Hyrule episode. We were talking about the Great Wars. The Gorons were one of the first species to side with Hyrule. Okay. And actually adapted a lot of their environment for the traversal of the Hylians. Oh. To make it easier. Right on. So this is actually purposely built just for outsiders. Because as we know, the Gorons can take big hits. They can fall from high heights and be unaffected. Right. They don't care, and they can roll up the side of a mountain. That's true. They don't care about any of this. That's very true. I love that. I'm glad you brought that information, because there's some stuff that might happen shortly in a store in Goron City that's like, well, what is this doing here? But that kind of explains it. Uh, there's, as you ascend, there are some bombable walls. Oh, a bunch, yeah. Bombs are going to be a thing that we get access to after Dodongo's cavern or really mm. kind of at the end of this part of the game. But we're just going to talk about bombs freely because it's just a big oh, part of traversing. Are you trying to do a spoiler warning for bombs? Spoiler <laughs> warning, bombs in Zelda. 
There's that like little bend there that is just like one of those images that's just like kind of burned into my mind. That, oh, for that, sure. With like the heart piece above and uh, with the one Goron there. Uh, the Goron outside of Dodongo's cavern says, look at that huge boulder over there. It's blocking the entrance to Dodongo's cavern, which was once a very important place for us Gorons. But one day, mm-hmm. many Dodongos suddenly appeared inside the cavern. It became a very dangerous place. On top of that, a Gerudo hmm. in black armor used his magic to seal the entrance with that boulder if you want to hear more goron gossip head to our city now hang on <laughs> it's there's like this thing throughout ocarina of time where it's like someone says something that's intriguing and uh-huh. then and then they end it with for more gossip go here now here's here's the thing about this this guy here because i have a couple of notes on just this one dude couple of notes all right parts of it are going to take place in the next episode of dongo's cavern because you know it's that's the place but you're telling me that it's news that Dodongos appeared in Dodongos Cavern. Uh, <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> I didn't think about that at all. I, I, I am very curious about the Goron's relationship to Dodongo and especially to King Dodongo, but I kind of want to get to that when we get inside a Goron city. Mm-hmm. So the big problem, though, is that they can't get in and get, what, the tasty rocks? The really good tasty rocks that they like to eat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, Gorons eat rocks, if that wasn't clear in previous <laughs> seasons. Uh, you're being very reductive there. I think they call them sirloin rocks? No, they specifically, here, I forget which one it is, but there's one on Death Mountain Trail that introduces his, he's speaking to this Hylian, presumably that there's not a lot here coming through and he introduces himself on behalf of the species as we're like the rock eating species the gorons i'm like is i'm sure you have a deeper inner life <laughs> than just what you eat but they're proud of it it's like one of the first things he says i mean have you ever tried eating rocks <laughs> i feel like if you can get your intestines to a point where they can break that down you should be proud of that bragging points <laughs> yeah <laughs> Just really quick, do you want to talk about what, like, Gorons look like in this game? I mean, we kind of talked about it, but, like, I'm looking at, I guess, essentially what I want to say is I'm looking at this picture of a Goron right now, Mm -hmm. and I just posted it in the recording chat. It looks like it would be, like, the drummer in a band like Sugar Ray. He's got, like... (laughs) a mohawk he's got like a little sun patch under his lip it's all dyed blonde he's got like two of the same tattoos on his shoulder it's very cute but i don't know i just had like a little revelation about these guys didn't you have a lovely little interpretation for these guys oh i'm sure i did but you know they're they have to look like members of rock bands so (laughs) oh there they it do, is. don't they? There it is. <laughs> we solved it. <laughs> you take a look at some of the ones you see in Breath of the Wild, actually, and that still kind of fits, I think. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? To me, when these were first introduced, I thought their heads were modeled after mountains. Oh, I can see that because they kind of point at the top. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think the thing I like about them the most is like the weird purplish center of their eye. I don't think I caught that. Yeah. There's um, Again, I don't know that you were ever supposed to stare into the eyes of a Goron as much as I've done over the past five minutes, but like they've got like these purpley centers in their largely dark eyes. And then they've got like little white dots in, in on the outside. They look like they have like little beady black eyes, but they actually do just have huge irises. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we kind of keep making our way up Death Mountain. I keep wanting to say Death Mountain Valley. It's kind of a valley at the bottom. Yeah. 
And there's like a point where the path branches two ways, right? Oh, with like a flag? Yes. Yes. And the left way allows you to keep ascending Death Mountain, and then the right, right way is how you get to Goron City. Are we going to address the 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 left half in this episode? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I, I feel like let's let's climb it. We're not going to talk about the trade quest here. Uh, two. Oh, we're not. No, I. I no, because we're going to do that in the Temple Time episode, we said, right? Yes. Okay, right. I forgot about that. That's going to blow this episode out of the water if we try to <laughs> go through that. Here. I just read because it starts here and it ends here, so. It does. It does. Yeah, no, but we're going to go through the trade quest line uh, in greater detail okay. in a few episodes. But yeah, cool. I guess let's talk about that left path really quick. Well, before we do that, I want to bring up something. Please. Sure. When you're at this fork in the road, have any of you ever turned around to observe the scenery. I think you can see... What was it? Can you see Kakariko from this point? You can see Kakariko Village. Nice. From this point, which really gives you a feeling of how high up this actually is because Kakariko oh, yeah. Village is very tiny in comparison really? to where you're at. Yes. I don't know that I've ever done that. So I think you do, you do actually a bit of walking between this point and that point. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Thank goodness for fast travel. <laughs> for sure <laughs> death mountain is used kind of as like the point when you're in so many other locations throughout ocarina of time you can always see death mountain in the distance so it's kind of cool that when right. you're up atop death mountain you can see some of the other places as well I, that feels like a big jump in video game technology i feel like that was a big thing in the next generation of, mm, of consoles uh -huh. like a big open world where you could see everything in the distance but the fact that they were doing that here with the n64 is is cool stuff one other thing about this spot i think is if you make your way even a little bit towards the right path there's going to be a Goron bowling his way through here, which he can run you over. Yes. If you if you're not careful and then he gets a little bit further and then he explodes. <laughs> Wait, what? Yes. Yeah, because because he was trying his best to roll his way downhill with a bomb flower to try and blow up the boulder in front of Dodongo's cavern. Oh, I never caught that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a really cute touch. Like they're 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 making an effort. It's not just you doing everything. I love that. You don't see a lot of NPCs moving around in this game, mm -mm. but like the Gorons are very active. Yeah. There's also a Goron here that that tells you there's a beautiful fairy that lives atop Death Mountain. But if you want to make it to the top, you better take a big shield with you. And we are going to find out what he's talking about in just a second. There's a bunch of boulders on that left path. Uh -huh. um, once you get access to a bomb bag, you can kind of blow them up one after the other and sort of just do the Zelda jump to make your way up. It's funny to think how easy it would be to navigate this area in Breath of the Wild. It's like, oh, I can't do that. There's a boulder there. I got to go get special equipment. <laughs> oh, it's it's a complete wall in this game. I mean, you guys, you guys spend a lot of time talking about the different items throughout the Zelda games. Where do you guys land on bombs throughout the series? I mean, it's kind of a classic thing, but like, where where do they rank for you guys? You know, I like my explosives. <laughs> <laughs> I feel personally they're necessary. Yes, mm -hmm. I like them. They're nice little touches, but I feel like they're underutilized. This game, hmm. this game didn't do it as much. This game really used your bombs a lot, made it a sure. useful item. And other games in the series, I feel like it was extremely underutilized. Sure. 
Okay. I could see that. I think I could, I could see that being the case too, like in Minish Cap, for example. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Minish Cap gives you like timed bombs at a point and then no real reason to... There's like remote bombs yeah. too. And like, they don't really seem to... I think they they come into play in like one dungeon. My memory is kind of hazy on it, but it didn't feel like it was super important. Yeah, no. But like Breath of the Wild gives you like multiple types of bombs and tons of like cool puzzles to to do stuff with them <laughs> yep. oh, yeah yeah because we're dealing with we're dealing with physics in that game so you got to have at least like a flat-sided one yes <laughs> uh yeah i did like that, that not to get too much into breath of the wild but i did like the fact that you don't have to restock them now it's just a it's just an ability oh so no, thankful for sure this might age poorly but Based on the recent footage for Tears, I think they might be they might be coming back in item form. This is a tip off from from my partner. We, we like she had a very good point about that. I won't get into it here. We don't want to go too deep into <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom spoiler stuff, but bombs are cool. Next, bombs are cool. Bombs and are cool. As you continue to ascend up Death Mountain, you're gonna want that Hylian shield uh, because some. Big old craters are going to be coming down on you just in just a minute. Craters? Big old, big old volcano rocks. Volcano rocks. <laughs> also commonly referred to as craters. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Not at all. Not remotely. <laughs> Thank you for at least trying there, Aaron. Yeah, this is this is a cool little moment. As you continue to ascend, the music changes. The color of the the mountain turns red. Uh, uh-huh. Like you're in danger and like they, they communicate that pretty well up here. Yeah. If you know the the tell for when boulders are coming down, you can actually avoid them. It's not, you know, the easiest thing in the world, but it's doable. I think what you're supposed to do as a kid is you're supposed to have the Hylian shield, which strapped to your back and you turtle up when they're coming down. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing that, about this with the, the volcano constantly erupting, like, which I assume that's what this is supposed to be, right? The volcanoes erupting and shooting boulders at you. Mm-hmm. Sort of, yeah. My assumption whenever I play this game is that, okay, I'm going to beat a certain boss. Either it's King Dodongo or it's a uh, Fire Temple boss. Volvagia. Uh, Volvagia. Volvagia, exactly. Thanks, Ariel. <laughs> I figure like when you beat that one, the eruptions will stop. And they don't. That goes on the entire game. Mm-hmm. But the second thing on that is... You can go inside of the volcano. There's like the, you know, the the caldera, whatever it's called that you're in there. And uh, you never see the eruptions happening. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Like internally, you don't see everything going wild. Yeah, it's only when you're outside. I don't know. It's only when you're outside <laughs> and on the specific upper upper half of the volcano. <laughs> yep. Just thought that was interesting. I mean, the presentation in the moment is very cool. When you pull back and think <laughs> about it too much, maybe it kind of breaks open. Well, uh, the illusion. <laughs> what if I can explain it away? Oh, please. I would be interested to hear it. So I don't want to go too far into it because it has to do with the fire temple and its design. Okay. But if you pay attention to the fire temple's design, the flow of lava is a purposeful flow. It's made in a purposeful way. Okay. All the caverns and area where you'll see lava is usually hand carved or force created that makes sense because gorons are well known for two things it is their craftsmanship and their wonderful healing springs which they utilize the active volcano death mountain to create so like the eruptions in specific spots are like a byproduct of them shifting a lava flow for hot springs possibly yes oh that's interesting 
Huh. Uh. <laughs> now, now I'm just thinking about the fire temple again, because, yeah, there is a lot of purposeful design uh, in there. I have to give that some thought. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. And there is a fairy fountain that we're going to come across shortly as well. <laughs> yes, yes. Which I forget what it looks like on the N64, but they're blocked off and you have to like bust it open, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to keep ascending. We get past some weird rock climbing wall and some sculptulas or some wall sculptulas. They've got like the weirdest name in this game. Skoachulas. There you go. <laughs> and Gaypor is up here. He says, It is said the clouds surrounding this peak reflect the condition of Death Mountain. When they look normal, it is at peace. Climbing all the way up here just proves how smart you are. Now I want to see you make another smart move. The great fairy lives on this mountaintop and she will give you a new skill. She's the leader of the fairies, you know. Whew. I will wait for you here. Wait, the leader of the fairies, not a leader of the fairies? Yeah, I guess she's the lead leader. I mean, that's what he says. That's an interesting choice of words. But it also, again, kind of going back to Aaron's point, like, are they protecting this sort of area up here? Is that what that small portion of... of... I'm not sure. Because, like, there's the there's one Goron somewhere at some point in the game that's like, oh, I hear there's a fairy up there. Like, a very gorgeous fairy lives at the top of the mountain so like it's possible they don't even know for sure oh yeah it's all it's all gossip it's all rumors yeah for more go on gossip head to go on city <laughs> so the great fairy up here gives you uh your your first batch of magic i think and also the great like magic spin attack the spin attack yeah yeah you have like a matrix style like lesson where you enter like a void and you see yourself fighting that kind of thing yes i thought that was kind of neat just to repeat the on the 3ds fairy fountains are absolutely gorgeous on the 3ds also the entrance is not like a weird shield because that's kind of what i remember it being on n64 it's not like a normal cracked wall although i think that's what it turned into in the 3ds Gotcha. Yeah. What do you guys have any thoughts on the the great fairies of of Ocarina? Ariel has thoughts. Uh their appearances. <laughs> I can't really. Yeah. I can't really go into what I really think about their appearance, but uh-huh. I'm just shaking my head. Leopard yeah. print of yeah. all choices. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we're on the same level there. It's really just does not seem <laughs> appropriate. <laughs> appropriate. Yeah, it's wild that it showed up in the game like this for sure. I'll say that you nailed it when you said that this is the leader of the fairies. Okay. Death Mountain is also historically one of the most magically enriched sites in Hyrule. Oh yeah, because it is one of the least, I should say, touched areas by any other creature. Death Mountainous. Oh. Everywhere else okay. you think about finding these fairies, it's built into something or you have to go to a specific spring or somewhere uh-huh. that is untouched by man. Or in this case, Hylians and other creatures. Or in a hole. Mm-hmm. Or in a hole. <laughs> <laughs> but this is also an area which is closest to the goddesses. Like elevation wise? Elevation wise, yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they're living here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it would make sense that the head fairy would be closest to sources ah. of goddess level magic. Okay. I mean, it would make sense that there's there's at least two Skyward Sword dungeons in here, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. There are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that being said, it also makes sense why she would be the first one to grant you your special abilities 
And the first ability she grants you is the ability to do a spinning sword attack. Because without right. that spinning sword attack, you aren't able to use any of the other magic items. Oh, interesting point. That's yeah. true. And the game is also set up to not allow you to go see any other fairy until you see this specific one first. Really? Is that true? Mm-hmm. How, how does it do that? It will not prompt a fairy interaction. You'll go to the fairy fountain, but no goddess level fairy will pop out. Even when really? you play the song. I mm-hmm. never caught or, that. Or they will, and they'll tell you that you have to first see the head fairy <gasps> at Death Mountain. I guess that confirms it. Raises a lot of questions. I'm going to be thinking about this for a bit. Oh, no. You got him to stop thinking about the <laughs> spider mom. <laughs> no. Spider mom is forever, Chris. I can't, I can't let that spider go. Spider mom is forever. New shirt. So everyone knows about the spin attack. Uh, something I didn't catch until doing research for this season. You could do a quick rotation of the, the stick and then uh, do a sword swipe. And he does the full spin attack. It's not just like the whole charge attack. Uh-huh. That's such a cool little thing that I learned, was fascinated by, and then immediately forgot again. Uh, there's one more thing that is further up the trail that is on the left path of Death Mountain Trail. Where one of the boulders you destroy to get up to, you know, the eruption alley, underneath the last one that you can blow up, there's a hole leading down to a little grotto that has a cow in it. (laughs) That has a talking cow in it. Oh, good. We got another talking cow. (laughs) So you talk to the talking whole cow, and the talking whole cow wants you to play uh, a Ponus song, right? They don't tell you that. You hear them talk after you play the music. Yes. And the thing, okay, because I'm I'm going a mile a minute because we talked about this like a couple episodes, Chris, you and I. We did. Where like a lot of the cows that you find in secret grottos and holes and stuff across this game were probably dropped by aliens. Okay, you you were the one who said they were probably dropped by aliens. To be fair, I don't have a better solution as to how they got here, but uh-huh. I don't know that I'm fully bought in yet. There's a wrinkle. There's a wrinkle, Chris, that might convince you, okay? When you play a Pona song for this talking whole cow, it's There's got to be a better a... name than talking whole cow. Nope, can't do it. Okay. It gives you gives you a bottle of lawn lawn milk. Not just milk, it gives you lawn lawn milk. Yep. Okay, so either this cow is from Lawn Lawn Ranch or the song is the specific secret to how they get their branded milk over on that farm. So when you play the song, it says, what a nice song. It reminds me of the pasture. That song makes me feel good. So good. I could produce a lot of milk. I, I get the impression it's a nostalgia thing. Like they're okay. riding the high of nostalgia for their home. It reminds them of the pasture. What are they doing all the way like halfway up a volcano? Aaron, did you guys figure this out when you covered Ocarina? Because you probably have a, you probably genuinely have a great solution, don't you? I'm not saying it's great. But I'll take anything. Well, Majora's Mask, you got the alien cows, right? Terminus? Oh no, another one yes. for the aliens. Oh. So why wouldn't they have it in Ocarina of Time, right? Because exactly. Termina. Okay. Okay. Termina. I hate that this makes sense. <laughs> because Ocarina of Time was made before Majora's Mask. Yep. But one of the commissions won't go too far into it involves aliens and cows. I think yes. that might have been Nintendo's way to the little to nod at the little whole cow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's true. So okay. dang it. Uh- 
Okay. You know what? My number one my number one method this season is to say something absurd and then convince Chris of it later. <laughs> the Lynx mom thing was exactly that, and I'm fully on board with that now, so I'm sure it'll happen again. See, my explanation for the cow was gonna be that a Goron kidnapped a cow because Lon Lon Milk is famous for being some of the most delicious milk in the land, and then oh. hid it in the hole. But dang it, between you and Ariel. Now I have no choice. <laughs> the, the cows kind of show up all over also, though. Like, mm -hmm. do we have little yeah. cow kidnappers all across Hyrule? They're in Hyrule Field. They're, I think there's one in Gerudo Valley. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, it's plausible. Let's rewind a little bit. We make a right instead of making that left in the fork and ascending up uh, Death Mountain. And we are uh, making our way into Goron City. There's this one, like, little area right before we enter Goron City that just it just reminded me so much of like the Yiga territory of Breath of the Wild oh I think it's like their use of um I guess not flags but like the banners that they kind yeah. of keep up and like they have this little rock it's a Korok circle it's a little it looks like there would be a Korok <laughs> in the center of this like rock circle yeah, right yeah, outside yeah. of Goron City just going past it uh, while playing this time I was like this looks like something straight out of Breath of the Wild I do I do like the what you pointed out like the little Triforce banner that's yeah. hanging over the door there I think that might be kind of like come on in Hylians that kind of thing yeah because they have this all throughout Goron City as well why else would they have True. Triforces all over their little village it's hard to say i mean like we do know that whatever the civil war was about ended somewhat recently right yes somewhat recent yeah so maybe they just kind of never took it down yet after the whole you know united kingdom thing happened mm. so not the united kingdom that's a place <laughs> on earth but i don't see triforce oh really on these banners really i, think I see a chic eye really Maybe it d depends on the, the version. Specifically on the ones outside? The outside, I see right above the door. It looks more like a Sheikah eye than it does any sort of Triforce. I don't have a better screenshot. Let's see. But I will see if I can find one real quick. That would be uh, That would be even more puzzling than anything. Unless you have a follow-up to that, because I, I cannot imagine why a Sheikah eye would be... I do actually have a follow-up to that. If it ends up being what I think it is which i'm oh yeah on the n64 it is the sheikah eye yes wild so during this time frame i actually found a screenshot i will send it to you here cool okay i think we're we're both kind of right because it looks like there's the the sheikah eye one there but i'm looking at a shot from the 3ds and i'm seeing some uh triforce ones mm -hmm. oh do you think they changed it it's possible they changed it yeah actually i was gonna get into that they did change it Oh, look and at that. You have all the answers. Don't give me too much credit. Don't give me too much credit. The Sheikah eyes in the N64 were to be a nod at the alliance that the Sheikah and the Gorons originally had. Because as you remember, in the history of Hyrule, the Gorons were a front line with Sheikah in oh. aiding getting them behind the enemy lines. So the Sheikah okay. would do all the behind enemy line stuff, but the Gorons would be the ones to get them there. So there was huh. a good strength and alliance there with them. Oh, I like that. I had no idea about that. That's fantastic. Pete nailed it when he said that this is probably a, like a relic from a war or the war uh -huh. that they just haven't taken down yet. Gorons are also very sentimental species. True. So it may be something that they chose to keep up after the war just because of the sentiment they had with the Sheikah, who are pretty much non-existent at this point. Right. Uh, 
yeah, it's questionable existence, yeah. So that was all changed in the re-release because everybody looked at that and went, what is that doing here? <laughs> and it, right. it just it just led to more questions and kind of taking people out of the immersion. Mm-hmm. So they just changed it to the Triforce because allies with Hyrule, uh-huh. bada bing, bada boom, done. It's more interesting this way. I know. It looks like the Goron symbol in the screenshot you sent. Is that from the 3DS? That one is in 64. But is that not just their arm tattoo? Oh, well, maybe it is. Oh, oh. wait a minute. Actually, it is. Yes. I wonder if there's some link there. But on bum. <laughs> oh, boy. I do not have to insert sound effect here. <laughs> so, yeah, actually, now zooming into it, it is the Gorod tattoos. I mean, I'm glad that we went on that tangent yeah. because we got some interesting perspective into the relationship between the Sheikah and the, yeah. the, the, the Gorod that I had no idea about. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I do know for a fact that that is actually what would happen on the battlefields is that the Gorons would clear a wet path and the Sheikah would go in behind enemy lines. The Gorons That's were front really lines. Good. The Sheikah were behind enemy lines, the stealthy assassin style types. Mm-hmm. So in 64, you failed me with your graphics. So I thought this was the Sheikah. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> if, if nothing else, this little history lesson like has like, it makes me want even more that canceled Zelda tactics game that we're going to have. <sighs> oh, yes. that retro game. Yeah. All right. So the last thing before we enter uh, Goron City, there is one more Goron up here. Oh yeah, the big boy. The the big boy. There's there's a big boy. He's taller. He's not big Goron, but he is taller oh, okay. than other Gorons you you have around here. Sure. But there's a I guess a arguably big boy. He tells you that he's shading bomb flowers from the sun. He tells us that bomb flowers are mining plants that only grow on Death Mountain. Objection. Objection. They grow on cacti and Gerudo Desert. Which is close to the origin point. Uh, I, I tried. Potato, yeah, you know, it's like I tried. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on what game you're playing, completely 100 wrong. I tried, but <laughs> <laughs> he says they grow in dark places, which makes the one that's out here, right next to him, very rare. And that uh, we could pick them up if we have the Goron's bracelet, which we will in a second. We'll pick this guy up and throw it to uh, blow open Dodongo's cavern. Uh, mm-hmm. He also tells us Dodongo's Cavern is a huge source of bomb flowers since the light inside is very dim, which makes sense. It must be a different breed of bomb flower, right? Because like in previous games, we've seen them grow with, you know, in full sunlight. You mean like a uh, Skyward Sword? Yeah. Oh, well, then again, we're supposed to believe there's like a cloud cover, right? Mm-hmm. Although we get plenty of daylight in there. Yeah. I yeah. think that's one of those things where it's like, eh, don't, don't think too hard I do it. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing for you on this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, after that, I guess, is there anything else you guys wanted to cover before we make our way into Goron City proper? Actually, I do. And it's part of this square that is in the center before we go into Goron City proper. Oh, OK. Ooh, Let's go. The, the, you, you blow it up and a hole appears in the middle of these rocks. That's all fine and dandy. But what I wanted to know was why did this structure even exist? Hmm. My gut reaction is to say ceremonial reasons. That was my initial reaction, too. But what we talked about earlier with the Hylians coming to visit and commerce here. What if this area was originally an outside area where they'd set up stalls? Oh, okay. That's kind of neat. Are there Deku scrubs down there? Is that what's in the hole? I believe it is a Deku scrub in that hole. I cannot quite remember. And you think they, for one reason or another, just fell through and they were like, 
all right, I'll just sit up down here. <laughs> they didn't want to work too hard at it. <laughs> it does. I mean, this would be a good place for like a storefront for for foot traffic coming mm-hmm. in for sure. True. If, if we Honestly, saw any of that, as Big Brother as the Gorons are as a race, they still like to keep their own secrets. So it makes sense that they would want to keep strangers out of certain aspects of their city. So setting up their storefronts out front would keep people from having mm-hmm. to go deep into the city. Okay, oh. and except, and now today, they have the big open doors to Goron City, which never close, so why have <laughs> market elsewhere? Well, but you, you think in, in Breath of the Wild times, they also still have relics and sites where Gorons are only allowed to visit. Closer to the top of the mountains, they're holy sites for them. Is there? I believe towards the hot spring areas, up top of the mountain... I'll have to give that another I look. I say I'll have to. I'll, I can't. Don't quote me on that 100%. But I believe that one of the NPCs <laughs> makes a big fuss that you're going there. And then uh, Darunia? Daruk? Daruk. I was like, uh, there's so many D names with the Gorons. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Daruk's son says that they you're with them. And it kind of oh. gives you a pass. I don't quite remember gotcha. if that's exactly how it went down. But the Gorons always have some sort of site that they keep like holy and only they are allowed to visit kind of thing. Um, the mines is another one. Like you weren't allowed to go deep into the mines. You weren't allowed to go to a certain point. Oh, that sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. You know, there's certain areas and they kept saying it was for your protection and mm-hmm. because of you know, the Gorons, this is the Goron special treats, you know, it's, it's that, uh-huh. it's that prime rock. Uh, right. <laughs> so that good rock. Yeah. That good, good. They have their own protected sites. So it would make sense that they would want to keep people out of certain mm-hmm. points in the city. I mean, they probably also would be more likely to survive a mine collapse. Yeah. <laughs> just saying they could just eat just their saying. way out. No one else can really do that. All right. So with all that out of the way, I think it's time we make our way into Goron City. to be able to edit the music in at this point. Do you guys do you guys remember the music to Goron City? Yeah. Uh, of course. Yes. It's like boom, boom, boom. Oh boom. yes. And then it's got like this weird like dog thing that's like <laughs> It, it to me it, it like it sounds like the underground levels of Super Mario World mixed with like a weird dog barking rhythmically. Mm-hmm. Um I love it. It's it's good stuff. Any like Goron City theme is going to be good because like there's this one and then there's the one in Breath of the Wild, which just sounds like the intro to dinosaurs on ABC back in like the 90s. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's a good pull. Yes, it does. Doesn't it? <laughs> uh, who wants to give it a shot uh, describing Goron City? OK, so here we go. I'm going to take my best shot at describing this. Mm-hmm. Think what you would expect out of Graboids underground. Of what? <laughs> Tremors monsters. Oh. <laughs> oh, I never watched With all Tremors. the tunnels. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I totally get it. Easiest way to explain it is is a purposely carved multi-layer mm-hmm. circular area that leads into several tunnels for means of transport and shelter. Yes. It's 
a bit like a quarry. Yes. Like multi-levels like shrinking as you go further mm-hmm. down. And a lot of art on the walls. That's yes. one of the things that really stands uh, out to me, I think, about. I love the cave paintings. They're so cute. Yes. The cave paintings. And we'll talk about all of them. There's also just like this platform hanging from the center. Uh, it's just like yeah. this circular uh, platform that's strung up by some some rope. That part I was wondering about, but I, I dug a little deeper on the dialogue. And I think I understand that part now. There's like a chunk of rock or wood that is that is like held up, suspended by like three or four different tight ropes, just held above the city. Uh, and it's not that big. Like maybe two dudes could stand on it. Mm-hmm. And if you go there, there's one Goron that's like napping on it or something. And he'll say, what are you doing up here? It's not safe. And it's not safe because you get on here a lot of the time, you're going to fall. Maybe I'm projecting because I'm going to fall when I'm up there. Yes. No, I totally did as well. And what it turns out is that this spot is where the Goron Ruby was originally held. Oh, right, right, right. Yes. And the reason it was up here is because it was illuminating the city. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It was like a chandelier, sort of. Okay. But the Goron Ruby's not here right now. Mm-mm. There is a Goron here that tells us uh, that his older brother has taken it and locked himself uh, in his room waiting for the royal family messenger uh, to come. We'll get to that in just a minute. He also wonders if you're looking for it because you want to eat it. Because <laughs> <laughs> other people other people do seem to have, other Gorons at least, do seem to have like the inclination to try and eat the Goron Ruby. Hey, uh, Aaron... <laughs> What does the Goron Ruby taste like? Oh boy. How did I know this was going to happen? <laughs> Mind you, I don't think the Gorons like it. I don't think they, th- I think they don't think it tastes good. <laughs> so I've always wondered this question actually. And what I, I came up with was it kind of tastes like Pop Rocks if there was a cherry cough syrup flavored. <laughs> 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 see see there you go yeah not a fan not a fan of that uh, i was Aria, ready Aria, for what this do you think about like that? cherry robitussin and pop rocks <laughs> yes. gross <They're>, that's, that's <laughs> gross <laughs> gorons don't like it neither do i <laughs> well, i was thinking it tasted like holy cows oh my gosh oh <laughs> <laughs> uh. Why do you think that cow ended up in the hole? It is it is like a holy ruby. <laughs> There's no denying that. Uh, the thing I wanted to talk about really quick while we're on this platform is what's right behind it. There's a giant painting of what oh, I yeah. uh, what I'm assuming is King Dodongo. That sounds right to me. Right. Aaron, I'm sure you, you, the two of you are aware of, of of this painting, right? Like what I'm, what I'm curious when I see this is what are the Goron's relationship with King Dodongo? Uh, because it doesn't seem very friendly throughout this game. But then why would there be a giant cave painting of King Dodongo in here? We didn't discuss it in the Ocarina of Time episodes because we were going to do the art episode mm-hmm. sometime where we were going to discuss art. Yeah. And- so we never discussed it. But do you oh, have an okay. answer? Because I actually do have an answer on this one. Oh. Okay. I'll think of something. You say your answer and I'll just, you know. Yeah, you feed off of me. <laughs> I think I think Ariel's been nailing it with gut reaction, so I'm, I'm ready for that. <laughs> She's the best at it. <laughs> so there was kind of this unspoken truce between the Gorons and King Dodongo. They stayed on their side. He stays on his 
And it was mostly an unspoken truce because the Goron sealed him away. Okay. So they couldn't really find a way to beat him because their legendary hero was no more. Mm -hmm. Um, As you know, we won't go too much into, but that is uh, a lot of adult timeline fire temple Ah, history there. Um, So since they couldn't find a way to beat King Dodongo, they found a way to seal him away. Sealed away deep in the cavern where they weren't ever going Mm -hmm. to go. So Mm. part of that rock collapse actually released King Dodongo. Oh, Oh. is that how it works? Mm -hmm. So are you saying that the Goron sealed King Dodongo in the bigger Dodongo mouth initially? Yes. Okay. My assumption was that Ganondorf put the uh the big boulder there where they get their like blocking off their food supply and said like oh you know what i'll remove the boulder if you just give me the goron ruby yes that is exactly why but as we know he's not a nice boy (laughs) he's not a nice boy so he never actually fully intended because you have to think historically the gorons allied themselves with hyrule yes so as that happened they also were incredibly instrumental in the victory of Hyrule. Right. Because they, I mean, they're giant rolling rocks. You can't beat those. Yeah. So I don't think Ganondorf ever had the intention to actually give them their food source. That would make sense. Yeah. Strategically. Yeah. I feel like King Nadongo was kind of like this backup plan of okay for the game of the ruby mm-hmm. i'm gonna follow through with my plan so i can still look like the nice guy but they're all gonna die anyway so it's not a big deal <laughs> also i mean the the jokes on him the ruby was in there the whole time <laughs> <laughs> big dummy <laughs> just really quick the mention of king dodongo up here it's possible that there was like some kind of like truce with the dodongos as a species i guess but like mm. i don't know if they're intelligent enough to because they seem to just be like big lizard dogs. I don't know if they really have like bartering power of any kind. I use the term agreement sarcastically. <laughs> they didn't give him a choice. Uh, uh-huh. They also just knew that because how King Dodongo was and the armor plating he had, it wasn't going to work in their favor. So less a truce, more timeout. Yeah, yeah. We're going to give you a temporary permanent timeout. Okay. <laughs> That makes sense. <laughs> you think about the things on these walls here, and I get the impression of like, this is like more rudimentary, like you'd get in actual human cave paintings, where it's like, this is a buffalo, sort of. We hunt this. That's pretty much how they operate for a long period of time. That's what I was going to say, why the painting was there. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> long, long time ago, before Gorons could speak to each other, they painted, they painted Dongo. To warn everyone. It's a warning. I yeah. like that. It it like doesn't it almost doesn't seem like them because they are such a jolly, like cheerful uh mm-hmm. species. You wouldn't think that the first thing on the wall of their seri- their city is like the thing that they fear the most. But I mean it makes sense because it is painted in a way to look treacherous. It's not like painted in yeah. a way for like worship or or mm-hmm. anything else i'll say this it's not as though they painted volvagia though right it's like it's something they fear but it's not like that high on the list you know <laughs> well the thing too with volvagia they do have stories sure of volvagia 
But yeah, I don't think it's that high up on the list for them. They're like, eh, it's dealt with. No, Volvagia's he who must not be painted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't. I don't even want to look at this guy. <laughs> uh, speaking of things that do get painted, though, we have a lot of Gorons dancing. Love the dancing Gorons. Oh I mean, gosh. it literally at some points looks like they did a copy paste in their paintings across a full wall, and they were just like. Facing left, facing right, facing left, facing right. Curious. Do you guys want to talk about the Goron shop really quick? Oh, uh, Hyrule business highlight. I would absolutely love to talk about the Goron shop. Hyrule, you this one? I feel like I Metagoron gets the Hyrule business highlight. Okay, let's let's talk about <laughs> Goron shop. Hyrule business highlight. It's actually a shop. That's true. It's the Goron shop. They didn't give it a name or anything. You just buy Goron stuff here. And Goron stuff is bombs. And a shirt. Essentially. Yeah. They they use it like for their jobs, mm-hmm. which it seems a little odd that you have to pay money to do that stuff. But I guess if you're doing it to eat, it's almost like grocery shopping. Oh, This my is their gosh. grocery store. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of the multiple... Uh, uh, capacities of bombs uh, that we have. We also have red potions for 40 rupees, recovery hearts for 10, and a Goron tunic, which before we started recording was completely puzzling to me, but I think we've already kind of made sense of it, right? There's some Hylian foot traffic that comes through here, possibly going into the volcano itself. This is essential for for them. Yeah, the, the trick being that you actually have to have one to make it here this far. Oh, wait, no, actually, no. you don't need to wear this point at this point. It's cooler down lower on the, the mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that is extremely adorable. I kind of wish I could find a Goron somewhere, maybe an elderly one that's just like knitting these shirts out <laughs> for people. I think that'd be great. That would be great. Yeah. The only other thing that I wanted to mention about this store is that I find the, the shopkeeper delightful. They're just like a regular old Goron with a smiley face, just like leaning bored on the counter. <laughs> and they are like this in the present and they are like this in the future. They are just doing their thing. I have a screenshot of this very shopkeeper for from the future. I was going to save this for a little bit later in the episode, uh, but I'm going to post it now. Does someone want to try giving a line reading to this Goron? Yep. Oh, no. Everybody's gone. <laughs> Only I was left behind. <laughs> I, I love it. That's actually perfect. That actually makes the most sense to me. <laughs> it's like such a weird line for such a happy looking Goron. But no, you're totally right. This is a Goron that's actually pretty happy about the peace and quiet. These, these guys have been rolling around making noise. Their dumb vase has been bouncing off the walls for years. This is a Goron oh, no. that is embracing the peace and quiet. No, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> we have a Goron down here that uh, that seems puzzled by the existence of forests or anything in the outside world, who uh-huh. teaches you a trick to conserve sticks, which is essentially you put it away before it completely burns. Yeah. Which is just like weird little game hacks uh, taught by the NPCs in world. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. There's also a uh, a big room full of boulders that you can't really access till you're an adult. Are you talking about the room where you have to blow through a bunch of boulders? You can blow through some. Uh, you have to smash some with a hammer. And I think you have to lift and throw some because there's different weight varieties. Mm-hmm. 
There's nothing really special in there, though. I think it's just like rupees and sculptula. I, I'm trying to remember. It might be a heart piece and rupees. A heart piece. Yes, mm-hmm. that sounds right. There's also like a little lava flow area that's carved out that you can like use the Song of Time to pull like a, a time stone into. Mm-hmm. Like there, you need the time song. You need the uh, the hook shot or maybe the long shot to get across it. And I don't remember what you even get at the other side. This area is so puzzling to me. I actually spent time because I remember this area and I remember always ignoring it. It's to the right of Goron City. <laughs> yeah, you play the Song of Time a couple of times. You can make some time blocks appear there you hook shot over there there's a hole and there's just three deku scrubs oh is that what it is yeah they're selling like seeds and just stuff like that the normal like, deku scrub stuff normal deku but it's like hidden away behind this pit of lava that you need the song of <laughs> like it's these intricate <laughs> ocarina of time mechanics to get you kind of nothing in reward it's a puzzle for sure it's a puzzle with no good reward, which I guess sometimes you get in this game. This is where they relegated the the Deku merchants uh-huh. when, you know, all the other shops shut down outside the city. Right. It's like, oh yeah, you can still be in here behind all this lava and stuff. If someone can get to you, you can sell stuff. That's fine. Yeah, this guy, yeah. The guys outside have it good compared to this guy in here. There's also a hot rodder Goron, which I didn't know the name of this guy until I did research for this episode. Uh, the Hot Rodder Goron is the Goron who's just rolling around the middle floor. Is that really his name? Yeah. <laughs> He's the greatest. <laughs> this is a different Goron than the one we'll see here in the future, which I didn't know. I always kind of assumed it was the same one that had just lost his mind and rolled <laughs> infinitely. And then I guess before we get to the Darunia stuff, the one last thing that I want to talk about is Metagoron? Met- meta? Metagoron? Metagoron. Metagoron. Yeah, yep. the big Metagoron. Because he's the medium Goron. <laughs> because he's the medium. I, oh, Ariel, I learned that okay. today. <laughs> yeah, it's Metagoron because there's Biggeron and Metagoron. Because there's Biggeron. <laughs> See, I just love Biggeron and the other one who's not Biggeron. That's really, I just put them up that way. <laughs> Pete, that's better than me who thought this was Biggeron until yesterday. <laughs> Oh, like he's ducking between the two different storefronts? I, for some reason in my brain, was like, oh, this is Big Goron in the present, and then Big Goron in the future is outside. Which I see. Not only is it wrong, there's dialogue directly telling you in the game that that's not the case, (laughs) but uh, I don't read anything, so. Aren't they brothers? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. (laughs) They're brothers. That sounds right. This is the little brother. See, now we're talking your language, Ariel. (laughs) Metagoron, big o- <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> uh, Metagoron will tell you that he's working on something really cool, but he thinks it's going to take a while. If you can wait five or six years, it should be ready. Oh, oh, is that all? Okay. Lucky for him in this specific video game, we definitely have five or six years to wait. Do we get like layaway or do I have to like <laughs> shop as soon as it's done? Did you guys actually do the Metagoron stuff when you played Ocarina of Time? This is something that admittedly I never utilize this character when i played this game way back when i 100 percented it talked to every npc did every little quest mm-hmm. everything i don't remember what you got from all of this it was I... the giant snipe it? it was a giant yeah. Knife. yeah yeah um i know you got some very interesting dialogue about how he was bigger Ron's brother and i don't know i yeah. couldn't remember but yeah because yeah. uh he's a very terrible terrible blacksmith or whatever oh yeah that's right yeah metagoron is just not as good as biggeron exactly (laughs) medium quality goron medium quality quality. yeah yeah (laughs) 
Uh, so Metagoron, I'll just take care of it now instead of waiting for the future. He gives you the giant's knife in the future for 200 rupees. It's as powerful as the Master Sword, but it breaks after a small number of hits. Not worth it. Once it's broken, the hilt can still be used, but it does the same damage as the Kokiri Sword in, mm. in the present. You could buy it back from him after it breaks. Every time you buy it, it gets like another hit. Oh. So it becomes more durable time after time. Really? For a maximum of eight strikes. So, like, oh, it, I still mean, still not good. It's a scam. Yeah. Uh, Link can get the big Oron sword from his brother during the trade quest, uh, which does the same damage as the unbroken giant's knife, but mm-hmm. it, instead it's forged by a master smith and will never break. Right. So if you want to cheese the entirety of the Shadow Link fight, then that would be the one you want to go with. It's the only way I know how to do that fight. I've never tried it not doing it that way. He has no idea what to do against that. Oh, my gosh. Uh, It replaces the giant's knife. So the giant's knife takes that equipment slot. And if you get the bigger on sword later, it replaces that slot. Oh, okay. Giant's knife, the name of it, is just a play on the size of the bigger Gorons, right? It's a knife sure. for the size of, for a Goron the size right. of this, uh, which I thought was cute. And there is a gossip stone that if you see it with the mask of truth, we'll say, they say Metagoron didn't really think about his own size, which is why his store is really cramped. Oh, okay. So there you go. There's your uh, Metagoron lore dump. We're now probably officially the podcast that has spent the most time talking about <laughs> Metagoron on the internet. Proud to have that 100%. Title. <laughs> Was there anything else like on the upper levels of this uh, city before we get to the ground floor? Uh, I'm pretty good, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, because the only other things are like story progression and this big silly vase. Uh, big silly vase is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> Let's talk about the big silly vase. Uh, I want a giant vase in my house that has a Goron's face on it. <laughs> oh, for sure. It's a huge terracotta vase taller than like it, it reaches the next floor. Yeah. And I think... If you light all the torches in Goron City, then like this activates and starts to spin on the floor. There's this thing throughout Hyrule where if you light a lot of torches in any small area, magic literally happens and no one questions it. (laughs) (laughs) It just became commonplace at some point. I don't know. Yeah. Hence why they use the ruby for light now. (laughs) that's a good point that's true (laughs) would you guys buy a big goron vase like this and and place it somewhere in your household absolutely (laughs) it just became the new podcast studio (laughs) (laughs) what would you do with a big vase like this so our fountain out front i would replace our fountain out front the house with that it's not bad well if we're saying we can get this then that means we can also get a deku seed you wouldn't let me. And then we'll just get our own <laughs> no, 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 giant no, no, no. No, no, no. Deku tree. I will not allow you to oh. act like you didn't. You told me no. But. I wanted to plant one in the backyard. You said no. That's in the backyard, though. <laughs> plant a Deku tree? Yeah. Can you just paint a face on any tree and say that's a Deku tree now? Like, what is a Deku tree? Yep, that's what I'm doing. Red oaks. Red oaks. Red oaks. Okay. That also makes oh, sense. Oh, interesting. That's what I that's my vote. Red oaks, giant trees. <laughs> I mean, if that's if you're going to make a deku tree, that's the, that's like the size you're going for, right? Yeah, sure. See? Yeah. You told me no. I'm still hung up on that. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. Go, Go for, for it. it. I mean, I don't listen to Aaron anyways, but still. <laughs> 
Yeah. Now I just, I'm waiting for the day that, you know, you meet someone, you go in their backyard and they just have a giant Goron vase and like an old man face painted on a tree in their backyard and go like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I share a kinship with, with this person. I have a deeper bond that I didn't even know. You guys know like hydroponics and stuff like that? Like you can dro- grow something out of just water. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of mine did that with just an avocado pit for like a year and like it kept growing just sitting in water. Uh, and I feel like once it gets big enough, I would do something like that. I would graduate it into the big silly Goron vase. Yes. <laughs> sure. It, that's like a that's like a reward, like for for actually getting something to grow to that size. It's, yeah, it's exactly. Like a, so yeah, this is a once you light the torches, it starts. It's a vase that just starts bouncing around the room, and you have to go to an elevated area and toss a bomb into it. It doesn't explode, right? It just spits out a heart piece. Oh, it explodes. Uh huh. <laughs> and and it comes back. So is are is is Metagoron <laughs> using that furnace next to him to just like kind of fix this? Oh, see, that's why he's so bad at, at metallurgy. He works in terracotta and stuff. There it is. We solved it. <laughs> solved it. I mean, he's still kind of meh cuz I mean, he could make an indestructible vase if he was give, good enough. Give my boy a break. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. It's a good point. Yeah, so he's mean just to a him. medium quality so Goron. So mean to him medium quality and this is a medium quality very large vase. oh my gosh this is yeah this is one of the more memorable little mini game things that get you a heart piece i think this this stands mm-hmm. out way more than tons of other stuff in ocarina it also has a little belly button that i'm noticing now that i'm staring at a picture <laughs> it of does. before we we uh we dive into the darunia stuff is there anything else uh in goron city that you guys wanted to talk about Mm-mm. i think we're good all right talk about things that you would put in your own home we have a nice little rug down here with like the goron <laughs> symbol patterned uh all over it stitched into it we stand on it and just like we've talked about in the past the key to most doors in this game just seems to be uh play plays all this lullaby it shows that you're in with the royal family okay so that lines up with a lot of the game already like a lot of the the world opens up when you know the royal lullaby i'm not sure why they decided to use a lullaby as their key across the kingdom to get into all these different places fine whatever what's with the rug What's with the rug? What, what's weird about the rug to you? Because the rug is the tip-off, right? To, to play the song and get in? I think Navi tells you... Yeah, Navi tells you, like, gives you a subtle little hint. Also, the brother up top tells you that that his brother is waiting for the royal family's messenger. Yeah. Right. So you get little clues throughout it. I do think it's just the Goron symbol outside here, though. Yeah. Okay. I must have got my points confused because I got this thing in my head that like this rug is just for like guests. If you're like someone important, like the royal messenger or whatever, like this is like, right, Chris, you just sent it a picture of the rug. It's like a, it's just like a cute little, like a doorway mat. Yeah. I love it. Darunia's chamber. This is, I mean, wow. The amount of character in a single room uh, in this location this place rules. This, oh man, it, it only gets better on the 3DS though. Really? Everything has a lot more character, like lived in spaces, which by the way, I think this is the only place in the entirety of Goron City where I can actually see someone living. Yeah. Where's the city in Goron City? Where do you sit or like sleep 
or do they not do that here? We found the grocery store. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Yeah, there's no rooms really or anything like that. It's kind of the problem with a lot of the villages in this game. You do get some houses like Kakariko and right. Castletown, I guess. But... And then we got Kokiri Forest, which has its own little situation going on over there. Mm -hmm. I actually have an answer as to why you're not finding any beds or anything in this village. Oh, really? So when Gorons first came to be, so we don't know much by the time Ocarina of Time has come out and the timelines like of releases of games, there are new species. We don't have anything about them. Now we go back and we, you know, we were mm -hmm. first technically introduced in Skyward Sword. Okay. Even in Skyward Sword, they were more of a primitive species. If you look at their, like the way they mined and things like that. They were still primitive in their tactics. They were using, relying on explosives and, uh -huh. you know, they were mining what they could after the explosives went off. So you fast forward a bit. We're in Ocarina of Time, 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 time. So in Ocarina of Time, they're still not very progressed in the ways of molding rock. They're great with steel. They're great with, you know, building sturdy structures. But not pretty. They don't make pretty uh -huh. things. That being said, they also don't focus a lot on the things that you and I would as normal people because they're okay. just rocks. That's so they fair. roll and sleep where they lie kind of thing. <laughs> that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Partway through it, I, I, I got to that same point of like, oh, they just sleep in place. They just roll up into a sonic ball. If I could curl up into a ball to sleep, I would. So Aaron's wrong. What it is, is they like their mattresses <laughs> so firm that they just yeah. decided to sleep on the ground. I knew you were going to say something like that. <laughs> that could be the case. Fair enough. <laughs> Dang it. They use rocks as pillows. <laughs> I think you can catch them sleeping in places in Breath of the Wild, but I'm trying to remember if they have like beds or not. I think they have little huts, don't they? They do. And in those huts is rock shelves. And that's where they uh, sleep? Mm hmm. Huh. Yep. I will see if I can bring one up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at what you sent now. That's their bed. Oh. Yeah. That looks like a fire pit. Like little beds of coals? Kind of. Yeah. That's one of the different styles of beds you'll find uh -huh. in. Breath of the Wild. So they like to sleep in like natural elements like a chinchilla? Yeah. Oh. Here's here's another one. If you look in the back left corner, you can see oh, yeah. they've got that same pit built there. And then there's another one right there towards the very center where they've got the handprints and everything above it. Again, another kind of rock coal style bed they're like little dog beds filled with coal <laughs> and they got their flags back there too mm. although these are just like little hands but interesting stuff oh, okay look at that very cool ariel's not wrong <laughs> <laughs> no it sounds like she's right yeah pretty much um i do want to mention there are these uh very cool symbols on the wall they actually are things that we saw in four swords in death mountain there was one of the levels where there was a puzzle and i said it looked like the fake pre-release picture of the nintendo nx that went out that was like a, really a 3d printed fake one screen console oh there are two of those bad boys in darunia's chamber here uh, so Four Swords was just calling back to this, and I didn't even catch it at the time. I had a weird feeling you'd call back to this this season, and I still don't see it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Fair enough. We do see Darunia in here, who is the one Goron who, if the rest of the Gorons were drummers of mm. weird 90s rock bands, 
Daruni is the lead singer. Oh, yeah, he's the front man for sure. He's got like a trihawk. He's got like, you know, three little braids of hair going back. Uh, he's also got like a much more formed beard. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a good look. And he's standing in front of what, like a, a statue of somebody? I'm trying to remember if that's supposed to be somebody in particular. Wasn't that the hero? Yeah, the oh. hero, the the Gorons. Yeah. See, this is one oh. of those relics I was talking about hidden in the chamber that nobody's mm-hmm. really allowed to go to. Right. It's a it's a dedicated art piece to the hero. Uh the, the who used the megaton hammer, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. To defeat Volvagia. Oh, that past. makes sense. Right. So it's like an ancestral thing for Darunia then. Yeah. That's cool. Very cool. So so we, we get it here. We talk to him. He says, who are you? I heard the song of the royal family. I expected their messenger arrived, but you're just a kid. Uh, has Darunia, the boss of the Gorons, really lost so much status to be treated like this by his sworn brother, the king? <laughs> now I'm really angry. Are you asking why I'm in such a bad mood? Ancient creatures have infested Dodongo's cavern. We've had poor harvest of our special crop, bomb flowers, starvation. Mm-hmm. And hunger because of the rock shortage. But this is a Goron problem. We don't need any help from strangers. There's Dodongos in Dodongo's cavern. <laughs> Who could have seen this coming? Oh, no. And Darunia is hangry. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, if you are if you and your people are all starving, then, yeah, that's going to put a damper on relations, I think. For sure. But fortunately for us, we just learned Saria's song. So we play that for him. And boy, oh boy, the cutscene that ensues. Boy, he really cuts loose. Yeah, he goes wild. <laughs> he starts dancing. He says, oh, well, come on, come on. A hot, what a hot beat. He says, what a nice tune. Just like that, my depression is all gone. Um, suddenly, I just wanted to dance like crazy. I'm Darunia. You want the spiritual stone of fire too? It's known as the Goron's Ruby, our race's hidden treasure. But hold on, I'm not going to give it to you that easily. If you want it so badly, you got to go destroy the monsters inside of Dodongo's Cavern and prove you're a real man. That way, everyone will be happy again. Uh, He then gives you the Goron's Bracelet, giving you the ability to pull up bomb flowers. Yes. Now, the fact that you could not lift bomb flowers before makes me question how strong Young Link actually is. Because you play other 10-year-olds throughout the series that can lift these things. That's true. We do get power bracelets, but they're not uh, used for for bombs. Right. It's used for, like, huge statues and whatnot. Actually, you know what? I'm taking this back a second. I'm taking this back a step. I do think this is confirmation to me, at least, that Death Mountain bomb flowers are a different breed entirely from the rest of the world. You think that they are weightier... Fuller I think they're heavier. Flowers. I would have to agree because it's one of those things like even with plants grown closer to the source, a plant produces more pollen or more nectar or ah. sweeter taste or and as that plant gets further and further away and less hospitable soil, it becomes less and less of what it originally was. Uh huh. So the on Death Mountain, bombs are just so full of that delicious bomb juice that you can't pick them up. This is a special episode. Usually at most we have one guest. This one we have two. So it seems only fitting to do this one more time. Aaron and Ariel, what do bomb flowers taste like? Flaming Hot Cheetos. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> 
There's that gut instinct. <laughs> Flaming hot Cheetos. Flaming hot Cheetos. <laughs> nice. Always trust Ariel's gut instinct. I, <laughs> Flaming hot Cheetos is as good of an answer as, as I think it can get. I want to put a small wrinkle on that really quick. There's a new flavor of chili, uh, like chili lime Flaming Hot Cheetos that came out recently. They wrecked my stomach. Oh, I think God. that is perfect for that. <laughs> That's probably what the Dodongo taste like because you toss these bad boys into Dodongo's mouth like crazy. We'll get to that next episode. <laughs> Aaron, you got something? Uh, I would. I was just gonna say, like, really hot pennies. Really hot. I mean, see, that's like that's like the classic me answer, where you're thinking about the actual thing that's yes. making these things up, yes. whereas Pete's thinking of the junk food equivalent. Of course, I think we're seeing the parallels between the hosts yeah. of the Lorecast and Hello High Roll right now. <laughs> so, I mean, there's really not too much else in Goron City that I was I'm thinking we need to talk about in the present, and we'll probably breeze through the future. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we jump ahead in time? I have a note. Really quick about Zerunia's chambers. Let's go. You're not supposed to get in here, right? This is supposed to be a secret area. His room is in general. Mm -hmm. Behind him, we find out in a minute, uh, or in seven years in a minute, <laughs> that uh, the statue moves. And that's your entrance way into Death Mountain, right? right? Into, into the crater, at least. Do y'all know what one of the first things you find on the opposite side of that door is? Oh. There's a wooden sign pointing directly into where you came uh, from that says Goron City. Yep. So an entrance from the volcano that you can just go directly into Darunia's room. Right. Mm, logistics weren't well thought out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I will argue. I can't remember. You may have to correct me on this. I don't think there's any other way to get to that point, though. Except for his room. I don't think you can climb the mountain and see that same sign. I think you have to come that way first before yeah. you can go backwards. Yeah. Right. All that being said, the sign doesn't seem as silly now, but it's supposed to be a secret <laughs> entrance. So it's still it's silly. It's supposed to be a secret entrance. <laughs> and it doesn't say, it doesn't say back to Darunia's room. It says Goron City. Like it's a thoroughfare. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Darunia is forgetful. Like he's the one who goes out and he just leaves that there because like by the time he's coming back, he's usually so tired from going uh -huh. deep into the volcano. Oh, that's just for, that science just for him. That's just no for one him. Else that's that. yeah. from him for him. <laughs> All right, gang, you guys ready to travel into the future? Let's ready. do it. Uh, Death Mountain Trail, I think, in the future is pretty similar. There's just kind of no Gorons outside. Second verse, same as the first. The main difference is less Gorons, and the Tektites have changed color, which, by the way, we didn't talk about the enemies in this area. It's just Tektites. It's just Tektites. In the, in the present, you got blue Tektites. In the future, you've got red Tektites, which I think act exactly the same and have the same health. I could be wrong about that for this game. They dyed their hair. <laughs> or they got cooked by the volcano. That makes a lot more sense. Uh, at the top, though, we have the star of the show, Big Goron. Oh. 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 I'll take, you know what, Chris, I'll take that. I'll take the Gorko theme for Big Goron. Oh, no, am I going to have to come up with a new theme for Big Goron this season? Well, no. Ah, just throw it in, whatever. Oh. What do you guys, I, Big Oran is a recurring, so 
I mean, Metagoron, I guess, kind of is, but Bigoron is more of a recurring character uh, throughout the series. Do you guys have any feelings or thoughts on on these large versions of, of Gorons? I love Bigoron. <laughs> yeah? I absolutely love him. He's I, like I'm with you. one of my favorite characters. <laughs> it's a crime that they haven't sold giant Bigoron plushies. Oh, right? I would love that. Like they do this with Snorlax all the time. I feel like there's <gasps> giant Snorlax plushies. Make yes. it bigger on one, you coward. Yes, I, coward. Want, I want a bigger on Snorlax bed. Yes. Bigger on up here tells you my brother opened a new store. It's Metagoron's blade store. However, I am better at making blades. Hylian Carpenters praise me for my skills. I'm not lying. <laughs> I mean, actually, talk about twos. If we want to do one more line read this episode, oh, uh, this is another one when this text box popped up that I was like, why did someone type it that way? Why did like, <laughs> did they think that that adds effect? <laughs> I, I, I think I'll take this one. I'm going to okay. do bigger on. Let's hear it. All right. You ready for this? I'm ready. Alien Carpenters praise me for my skills. I'm not lying. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. I like that little tinge you added there. I, I like the, the drawl. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> that was good. Wow. Um, if anyone's looking for like VO work for Ocarina of Time fan projects, reach out to the Legend of Zelda lore cast. I think we've got two best in the biz uh, right here. Nailed it. <laughs> I specifically have in my notes, by the way, to try to throw Pete off and ask him to do VO for, for those. If you'd like me to, throw, throw me another one. No, honestly, I don't know if, if we're going to top the two that we got already. So maybe we just keep pushing forward. <laughs> do you have anything else about the future uh, Death Mountain Trail? If you're here pre-Fire Temple, then uh, you can see like the red cloud ring mm -hmm. around the volcano is like super ominous up there yeah which you can see that from most of the map in like mm -hmm. the entire game you can see this ominous red ring over death mountain it looks so cool it's such a, a cool little and for it to change after the fire temple again is just like what a nice touch i liked it because it was a very much a uh i liked what they did with breath of the wild when it came to death mountain because it was very much a nod back to this sure. very moment you're right yeah what is the suggestion of this ominous appearance, by the way? Is that it's Death Mountain is more dangerous than usual? Uh-oh, Ariel. <laughs> She's chuckling back here. What do you got? I swear, if you say what I think you're going to say. It's Volvagia's fart cloud. <laughs> I knew it. I knew that's what you were going to say. Well, Eden Gorons will do that to you, I think. <laughs> yep. Oh, no. They're a little hard on the digestive system. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. I mean, if you think about it, right? Like, you eat the Goron. The Gorons are eating eating the bombs. You're eating the Gorons. You're just eating, like, ten bombs at a time. Wait, the Gorons are eating the bombs? Oh, no. <laughs> the Gorons are eating the bombs. How did this happen? Oh, no. The Gorons are eating the rocks. I'm thinking mm -hmm. of the Dongos now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's it, though, for this place. Like, it's not a lot different. No, there's not too much different. I think there is boulders coming down the main, like the early pathway. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little more dangerous for sure. Yeah. Uh, but you're more well equipped in the future to handle it. Going back into Goron City, things are similarly quiet. Uh, there's mm -hmm. one Goron rolling around the mid-level. It's the one Goron left. Well, asterisk. The hero of the Gorons, or so he calls himself. This is Darunia's son. You want, you, Jose, <laughs> she's so anticipating it. You want to shout it? What? Say, what? Shout his name. 
Link. Link. Oh my god. Link That's of the Gorons. So unenthusiastic. <laughs> His name is, His name Link, is if Link. You're playing, if you're playing the game like a rational person, naming the main character Link. Right. But if you're like Pete and I, and you're naming it uh or curtis it will also uh-huh. be uh curtis hero of the gorons or uh hero of the gorons um so you bomb you bomb link the hero of the gorons and he says how could you do this to me you must be ganondorf's servant he says hear my name and tremble i am link hero of the gorons he realizes uh that you're not ganondorf's minion he says you must be the legendary dodongo buster and hero link yes dodongo buster is D- a good title that's D-Dongo really good buster. It's the best name ever i do find it funny that that uh, uh darunia decided to name his kid after another small boy he met yes <laughs> he tells you the story of volvagia and the original hero of the gorons he says using a huge hammer the hero of the gorons destroyed volvagia just like that it's a myth from a long time ago but it's true i know because my dad is a descendant of that hero uh he tells you that everyone was taken to the fire temple while while his dad was out ganondorf's followers came and took everyone away uh all of them will be eaten by volvagia little link is telling you this while crying like sobbing yes and you are asking them these questions to get them to stop crying but the answer is oh yeah all the people i've ever known and loved are are, have been captured and are about to be eaten and that makes them feel better i guess that's true. What are you gonna do, Gorons? <laughs> <laughs> he says, "Please help. I'll give you this heat-resistant tunic." Uh, so basically, if you didn't blow two hundred dollars on the tunic previously, which why would you have? You shouldn't never have. buy tunics. Never Don't buy, buy tunics. Uh, he'll just give you one for free at this point in the game, uh, which you equip, and this will let you get to the fire temple uh, later on in the game. For sure. I think honestly. That's kind of the one future thing that I had worth talking about. Everything else we covered, like Metagoron, Bigoron. Moving the statue to get to the crater. Mm. Do you guys have anything else? Before we kind of get into our closing thoughts, our travel recommendations, y'all have anything else about Death Mountain or Goron City that you wanted to talk about? No, I think we're good. You guys did an episode recently of the Lorecast on dragons, didn't oh. you? Mm-hmm. Did you cover Volvagia in I that sure episode? did. Nice. Right on. So if, if all of this Volvagia talk at the end of this episode is getting people all riled up and excited, you guys should check out that Legend of Zelda Lorecast episode on dragons uh, throughout the Zelda franchise. Um, and if we're done there, then I think it's about time for us to get to our Tyrannosaurus travel recommendation. Oh, you know what I just realized, Chris? We should be using like the King Dodongo roar for that. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. I'll do that this episode. <laughs> All right, travel recommendations. We got the alluring attraction, Best Bite, and Photo Op. I'll go, uh, my recommended photo op is sitting on Biggeron's shoulders. Oh. Just like sitting like like a little devil on his shoulder, just yeah. like hanging out. Take a take a quick shot while you're sitting on his shoulders. Yeah, I think it'd be really cute. That's cute. My recommended attraction is downhill roller derby. Oh. That seems incredibly dangerous. <laughs> roller derby, but one direction. Oh my god. <laughs> also, it's not like people fighting people at that point. It's you fighting Mother Nature. Oh no, there's all the other people there too. Totally. For sure. It just feels like the biggest threat are the rocks flying out of the sky that are on fire. <laughs> Hard mode, for sure. Uh, my recommended best bite is rock sirloin figured that would get picked link can eat rock sirloin in at least age of calamity it's yeah. in a cutscene. he eats it yeah i gots to know what that tastes like 
I got to know. Oh, uh, you want to talk about that? Ooh. I need to know. I need if if it's a rock that a person can eat. Since you're in preschool, that's the dream is eating a rock. <laughs> I would imagine that's just like if you overcooked steak to the maximum amount that you could overcook I, it. It's I just was thinking a very well done steak. <laughs> yeah, could be. That's got to be right. What What do you guys think, Pete? Aaron? I would say the same. A very yeah. overdone steak, but well seasoned. <laughs> So it still tastes okay. Yeah, you got that good rock salt on yeah. it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, my uh, luring attraction is I feel like uh, Goron City would be a good place for hide and seek. I feel like you got a lot of big rocks <laughs> that you can get behind. You can get in that giant vase. There's a whole big twisty turny uh, infrastructure there. Uh huh. So my attraction is hide and seek in Goron City. My best bite is uh, Death Mountain Chili with a little bit of rock salt seasoning. Uh, at no point do they mention chili in any of these games, but I don't think you, you got to imagine that someone has some chili. If meat exists, then chili is the immediate next thing, right? Exactly. How many alarm chili, though? Oh, that's mm. true. You're on Death Mountain, bud. Mm-hmm. It's, your, it's your red ring chili, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Red ring is a bad uh, describer for oh. maybe chili. Uh, my photo op is going to be pose in front of that Dodongo painting. You know how like people uh, oh. pose in front of like the leaning tower of Pisa uh-huh. and they like do the perspective thing? Uh-huh. Mine is like you pose in front of the Dodongo painting like you're battling it or something. Like make yourself That's look great. super tough. That thing's blowing fire, right? <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I guess with that, do you guys want to give your... You could do individual, you could do separate, whatever you guys are comfortable with. Well, photo op, selfie with the talking cow. <laughs> because who wouldn't want that? Who Heck wouldn't yeah. want that? That's a great one. <laughs> that would be like a good TikTok, honestly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would blow up. <laughs> Traction would be like dragon rides. <laughs> yeah. Straightforward. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. yeah. There's one not far from here at all, so why not? I'm sure yeah. it would I'm sure it wouldn't object. Yeah. Free dragon rides. Yeah. Free, Free dragon, dragon rides. rides. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything know. for best bite? Let's see. We are asking you what you would want to eat in an area that has been, let's be very clear, only rocks. So it is not an easy question. <laughs> Uh, we acknowledge that. So I'm not thinking like food necessarily, maybe like tea, like bomb flower tea. Oh. Yes. Got a little bit of a kick to it. Yeah. <laughs> bomb, bomb flower tea, a classic on this podcast. Yeah. That English breakfast wake you up in the morning, <laughs> bomb flower tea. Okay. Oh, it'll that. wake you up. All right. <laughs> it's, that's a hangover cure for sure. <laughs> oh, my God. Aaron, you got a few? I've got a few. All right. I actually have two attractions. So Ooh. we've got uh, Goron bungee jumping. <laughs> we could, you could do it right off where the bomb flowers grow. You know, just... Pew, Oh, Good to go. right Out, on. Outside of the... Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I like that. <laughs> or uh, my preferred favorite, the Goron roller coaster. You oh. get right up in one of those Goron tummies and you just go for a ride. <laughs> they do make their own. And, and that's funny because you go all the way to Skyward Sword. And at that point, they full on built out some roller coasters. Didn't yeah. They? That's true. They fully <laughs> caught point. on. That's a good one. Yeah. So uh, for photo op, I'm going to say... Attempting to eat the Goron Ruby in front of Gorons. <laughs> Best photo op you can have right oh, there. Oh, to get their reaction? <laughs> you know they're yes. just going to be sad. They're not an aggressive group. They're just going to be like, why? <laughs> why are you doing that? 
well, why? <laughs> or maybe they get it right. They talk about, hey, you you were tro- you wanted to eat that thing. You were thinking about eating that yeah, thing, weren't yeah. you? I think they would be more disappointed that they weren't the ones getting to eat it. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Aaron, I got one for you. Oh. Oh no! Don't eat that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the garage shop owner. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and my best bite, I'm going to have to go on along on the same lines as Ariel, but I'm not going to do tea. I'm going to do a bomb flower and rock soup. Ooh. Oh, so got that yeah. like stone soup. Yeah. Like stone soup. Right on. Oh. Right on. Uh, is that, is that, is that spicy? I would imagine. I would give it a nine alarm of spice. <laughs> A nine alarm. <laughs> right on, right on. So with the travel recommendations out of the way, the one thing left, I think, is Ooh, our yeah. mottos for Death Mountain or Goron City. So for this, we like to come up with like silly little mottos for the towns. Yep. I guess we could start Pete and I one more time, uh, and sure. then we'll, we'll circle it back to the guests. Pete, you want to give us a go? My motto for Goron City is go run or go home. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's that's good. That was that was a good one. Sometimes I look at my notes and I just I, I get this feeling. It's just like, oh, you were tired that day, bud. Like that's okay. Some you have you probably had a hard Uh-oh. a hard one that day. You got to give yourself a break sometimes. Oh boy. Uh, because my motto is. This place, comma, rocks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's all I got. A comma or a colon really sells it. That, sell, that sells it for me, I think. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Uh, what about you? Do you guys have a motto? For... All right, Ariel, what's your motto? I know you thought <laughs> oh of a good God. one. I don't know how good it is, but Goron City, roll on, and it's the hottest place in Hyrule. That's a good one. <laughs> it's not bad. You're you're Told genuinely you. selling the place. Oh gosh, <laughs> I like it. I feel like you and me, Chris, we haven't actually drawn people in for a few <laughs> mottos now. No. So <laughs> what happened was we actually made an effort with the first few, and now we're just thinking of different puns because our brains are uh, just burnt to a crisp. Well, mine's not much better. Uh, mine was uh, Goron City. It's explosively great. Sure. Hey. <laughs> straightforward again you're making an effort to sell the place (laughs) (laughs) i don't know explosively Uh. (laughs) Uh, i think i think all around these were some pretty good mottos uh and also pretty happy with those travel recommendations so with those out of the way hey pete it looks like we actually arrived at the post office uh Aaron, oh. Ariel, would you guys mind just keeping an eye on the car while we get out and 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 uh go in the post office read a few emails? I'm going to push all the buttons while you're gone. That's okay. <laughs> Most of them don't do anything. Yeah, half of them don't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Postcards. We have an email here from Morrison. Hello, Chris and Pete. I am Morrison, captain of the Royal Guard of Hyrule. I don't know where you found out about Vati, but I must warn you that that is confidential information. And if you disclose anything, I will be forced to arrest you. Also, do not disrespect my guards. Okay, listen, I'm starting to notice a trend vis-a-vis our post office segments (laughs) that there seem to be a lot of captains of the Royal Guard of Hyrule. (laughs) And weirdly enough, the actual guards of Hyrule aren't doing a whole lot. So that Uh makes me question what all these captains are spending their time doing. Captains of different districts, I guess, because like then there's the commander who works above all of them. 
I think that's the how uh, that works. That's the next guy to email in and threaten us about us. Uh, that's the next five guards we get is going to be commanders. Thankfully, we're not going to be uh, talking about that big poofy eye for quite some time now. So you have your way. Yeah, we have one in each uh, timeline that we have to wait to get to. Uh, we also have a postcard here from Holly. Holly says, as the personal architectural designer for the King of Thieves, Ganondorf, uh -oh, you should know that we will have a full-scale renovation of Hyrule Castle coming your way. Exclusive amenities include a luxurious lava spa. No, it's not mineral water from a volcano. It's uh -huh. actual lava, which is Wait, much better for the skin. Are you sure? A 360-degree view rooftop gathering area, spacious enough to host even a large behemoth board demon creature and an extensive exit route in the event of a catastrophic structural failure. I'm pretty sure even in his most monstrous forms, Ganon can't chill in lava. I think Ganon can chill in lava. I don't think we've ever seen him do that, but... <laughs> and live to, t to tell the tale, yeah, that's true. She, she then goes on to say, Safety is our number one priority, especially as our evil king enacts his plan of kidnapping the annoying princess and horrible hero of time. More like zero of time, right? Oh, dang. Haha! <laughs> First of all, entry to the Hylian family's castle was way too easy. Even a stupid child could do it. No one can enter our castle at all, without interference from the sages, of course. Like, that would ever happen. Additionally, to make it to the lair of our beloved vicious king... We installed living quarters for many of his creatures and monsters. They are fed daily, and we have extensive veterinary care available for them. We'd love to invite you to see them. Do you have a union? Vicious King is a great name for Ganondorf. <laughs> yeah, especially capitalized like it is here. Yeah, that's good. That's <laughs> punk rock. The glorious, heinous King Ganondorf, another good one, loves his music. His organ talent can shiver your bones. We designed a special quarters for him to play his music to his heart's content and let the musical notes drift all across the castle. We ran into a challenge making sure the princess crystal was structurally sound, but our team of talented engineers didn't let me down. If they had, I would be writing to you now. And <laughs> uh, she then says, when construction is complete, I personally invite you to enjoy our wicked King Ganondorf's glorious Hyrule <laughs> Castle renovation. <laughs> that is, unless a weird blonde kid in a green tunic and his rude royal friend somehow defeat Lord Ganondorf and collapse the entire castle. This is a great email. This is a great email. I like it a lot. Holly, did you right-click, like, thesaurus for the word evil to get all these different <laughs> words for Ganondorf? Honestly, I like most of them better than the words used in the game. They're fun. They're fun descriptors. Also, I feel like we don't need to do the Ganon's uh, Tower episode at this point because we just covered it in this email. That was just about every step, I think. Yeah. Holly then writes in to uh, a bunch of very kind words about the podcast, and she reminds us that she actually wrote in in character uh, previously as a Lineru mining robotics engineer oh. uh, i think during the minish cap or the four sword season she says she can't wait for the majora's mask season because she wants to know our thoughts about the side quests uh she also has a follow-up email that she sent about forest temple i'm going to try to put that one in the forest temple episode so we'll get to that in mm -hmm. a few weeks unless i completely forget in which case sorry holly <laughs> um she also sent a, a very fun architecture of hyrule website that oh is incredibly valuable to people who do a podcast like ours where nice. it's like from an architect's perspective looking at every temple throughout the series and like 
uh, mapping inspiration to to you know different points in real history. It's incredible. Thank you for sending that in, Holly. Yeah, thanks. Uh, do you want to take this next one from Soma? Next from Soma. Hello, Hyrule. I am a traveler, and I have just arrived at Hyrule Town to get your latest episode at the post office. When I ran into Swiftblade, the town's swordmaster. Oh, he's still kicking, huh? Mm. I always felt there was something strange about him, and I have a theory. What if Swiftblade is the hero of men? Uh, I believe that Swiftblade 1 was the original hero. That explains the name. And the others are copies made with the Pickery Blade. Oh, I see where they're going with this. I think the reason why Swiftblade 1, I'm meaning like what, Swiftblade Alpha, uh, is a ghost because he can't go on the, onto the afterlife while his clones are still alive. Also, his look is similar to the hero on the stained glass windows. <sighs> Okay. I would buy more that he's like an a descendant and that's why he's got that attitude. You know, I was ready to write this one off, but the more time I spent thinking about this, honestly, I could see this being one of the theories that you pull out of your hat like randomly <laughs> at the end of an episode. <laughs> it's not too bad. There is definitely a, an air of mystery to Swift Blade that was not intended by Minish Cap, I don't think. I don't know. Yeah. And I definitely like the idea that, you know, he split himself up way too many times. Oh, yeah. Like, that's one of my favorite Swift Blade theories. I'm on board for that part. Yeah, that's that's honestly not a bad theory. Soma, thank you for writing in. Uh, I also have a review sent in by Superfan151, who says, Great, just wanted to ask, once you're done with Ocarina of Time, what path of the timeline will you do? Failed? Child? Adult? Uh-huh. Okay, so we've been talking about this for a while now, at the time of this recording. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think we're currently leaning towards Fallen Timeline for a couple different reasons. Yeah, Fallen feels like it would be a nice one to do. Just, it would be a little bit more relaxed than mm -hmm. this uh, wild ride that's been the Ocarina season. Yeah. It's been an amazing wild ride, but it's been a wild ride. Um, and... Yeah, I don't know. There's just some fun mystery there. But I know everyone wants to see us do the child timeline. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I would feel a little bad, like, taking that off the table at this point. So I, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say, really, because I would love to do Majora's Mask. I would love to do Twilight Princess. We are very busy people. <laughs> and I think having at least one more season that's not a 3D game would help a lot. Yeah, it would it would do a lot for our uh, personal time to switch to a 2D game after this. So we might we might go that way. If we do a poll, we'll communicate it on like social media and in right. our Discord. So like definitely follow those places if mm -hmm. if you want. Uh but yeah. That's that's kind of where we're at. That said, the Fallen timeline is the correct original timeline. So that just feels right, you know? Mm, yeah, so you say. <laughs> All right. And on that note, maybe we jump back and join Aaron and Ariel on the tour bus. Oh, is that the episode this is for? <laughs> that's the episode. Yes. Thank you again to Aaron and Ariel uh, over at the Legend of Zelda Lorecast for joining us for this episode. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're excellent, and you should go check them out. Yeah! All right, we're back from the post office. If you have any opinions on Chris's red ring, you can send us a postcard <laughs> oh, at hyrulepod.com. <laughs> no, don't email about that, please. <laughs> You can drop, send us a postcard at hyrulepod at gmail.com oh. or by dropping us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Or the your emails are going to be a trash fire for the next three months now, Pete. <laughs>
We'll read your message here, and you'll be helping more listeners like you to find the show. You can also find the show on Twitter, Insta, and Tumblr at HyrulePod. And if you want to find us individually on Twitter, I am at the edge of my beat. Uh, I am at a man named Babs. We also have a Discord. You can find that uh, on our social media. You can support us if you want on Ko-fi. That is ko-fi slash HyrulePod. Uh, Aaron and Ariel, thank you so much for making the time today and and hanging out with us uh, and yeah. talking about Goron City. If people want to find the Legend of Zelda Lorecast, where can they find you guys? So if you want to find us, you can go to your lovely podcast catcher of choice and just type in Legend of Zelda Lorecast and all of our lovely shows will pop up. If you want to reach out to us, you can reach out to us on Discord. It's uh, in the show notes to our shows. And uh, you can also reach out to us on Twitter at L-O-Z Lore. Easy. Very yeah. easy. <laughs> Thank you guys again. It's been such a pleasure. It's so nice to have people on who like know so much about these games and, and have all these interesting facts that like kind of can blow us away <laughs> right in the middle of the episode. Uh, it's been such a pleasure having you guys on. I know we've wanted to do this for a while, and yeah. I'm glad we finally made it work. Also, if you're checking out the Legend of Zelda Lorecast, I did an episode with you guys recently uh, where we talked about a Tears of the Kingdom trailer, mm -hmm. which isn't even the most recent Tears of the Kingdom trailer anymore. It's no. kind of outdated <laughs> info, but you can find me uh, with you guys. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the ton of great episodes there. Also, one more time, really quick, I just want to say thank you to Chill Boy Beats for the use of our intro and outro music. If you want some more Zelda synthwave goodness, you can find his album, The Hero of Synth, on YouTube, Bandcamp, or all over the internet, really. That's going to do it for this episode of Hello Hyrule. Thank you for listening. Next episode, we're stepping into Dodongo's Cavern. I hear there's Dodongo's there. <laughs> Who could say? It's a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> but until then i have been pete i've been chris i'm aaron i'm just ariel <laughs> and do you guys want to so we do a we do a sign off uh and we've been letting the guests handle the sign off i don't know if, if y'all would be interested in, in such a <laughs> nodding emphatically it's kind of a I don't silly think aaron thing wants to do it uh no i do don't say that i want to do the thing <laughs> Excuse me, podcast. It's a tin South Park there. It's pretty good. Also, I like the idea that some of your kids probably just caught a whiff of that. <laughs>